0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the British English Podcast. If this is your first time listening to this show, then I recommend going to the beginning and enjoying a whole year of episodes because this one, this episode is for the seasoned listener, the ones who have been with me for a while now. And uh, we're going to have a bit of a heart to heart. I want this one to be a more intimate one, a more open and honest one from me to you. And I feel like it's only fitting to do it on the podcast's birthday. So let's put our hands in the air and say happy birthday to the British English podcast. Um, More or less. Give or take a couple of weeks, I'd say it's, you know, the podcast's birthday. Birth month. Let's go with that. Birth month. Because I started this over a year ago now, this, this podcast, not this episode. And I'd like to have a bit of a chat with you about it, uh, about what is going on for me right now in my life and where I'm hoping this podcast could lead to for me and for you. But I did use the word me there in that introductory part, um, quite deliberately, because I'll be honest, this, this episode is, you know, Kind of for me. I've I've put me in pole position uh, in regards to the planning. Um, Pole position, meaning first place, normally in a race, you say pole position, formula uh, one, the sport. Normally, um, I would put the British English learner in first place, which, um, you know, for the planning of an episode, which is what I should do as I'm serving you. I'm aiming to give you what you want want. But this one, I'm, I'm being pretty selfish and uh, going with what I want, and I hope it still aligns with you somewhat. I'll of course be giving you some lovely intermediate to advanced English expressions to keep you entertained. But anyway, let's get into this bite-sized episode with a bit of Charlie Chatter. Chatter from Charlie. And if you've not signed up to the website yet, then go grab that free worksheet to help you with this episode's vocabulary over on the British English Podcast.com. All right, I'd like a, a pianist in the background for this one. Let's get him on. Yeah, nice. There we go. So we can imagine. Maybe um sitting down for a candlelit dinner at a nice restaurant. Not too posh to make you feel nervous, just a very nice one. Uh just me and you listening to a bit of piano in the background, and for some reason I'm going to talk all the way through the meal and not let you get a word in edgeways. How rude of me, I know. But anyway, so yeah, one year. One year in, I'm one year in, and I'm sat here in um Um, my makeshift recording booth. Yeah. Um, I've actually just upgraded it a little bit. Uh, I I now have three spotlights. Um, no, they're just lights actually. They're just little click on lights above me. Before I had no lights. I've been recording in complete darkness for over a year. So yeah, got some lights that cost me five pounds, but, uh, Due to the growth of the podcast, I felt like I could afford to treat myself because we've got a large community now. Um, I checked the stats recently and over 200,000 people have subscribed to the podcast and nearly a million listens, which is amazing. And what's more is the emails I'm getting from people are truly heartwarming. I love them. I, I would read some out right now, but I actually can't read them very well at the moment because I'm losing my sight. Yes, um, it's it's a a very recent discovery for me. It's actually taken me about 10 years to realise that my sight is so bad um, that I finally decided to to go to the optometrist, uh, the person, the the eye doctor, uh, and get my eyes tested. And it was funny. The guy's reaction. he He was really bowled over by... Or astonished, you could say, uh, amazed at how bad my eyes were, considering I don't have any glasses or I haven't had any glasses before. So yeah, to my amazement, I really need glasses, Uh, and it's um, been a bit of a yeah a life changing week to consider that I am now somebody who needs to wear glasses. So I walked out with a prescription that says my eyes are very bad and then went to a glasses shop and, and tried the lenses. I was prescribed. Um, and after choosing the frames and, and, and whatnot, I, I put them on and honestly, my whole world changed. It went from what I thought was normal. Like, I don't know if you, if you, if you've only got Netflix in SD, you've never upgraded to HD. If, if you just watched everything in standard definition and then suddenly flicked it to HD, that is exactly what happened for me. I was, yeah, dumbfounded, yeah, by the clarity that my eyes could see with these glasses on and every detail. I could see everything in my partner's face, which she suddenly found very worrying. So it was amazing to get this glimpse into a world of HD life but the the shop was closing and i had to quickly pay for the order so i was torn away from my new world and told that i'd have to wait two weeks for them to make the lenses and frames uh you know make the frames and, and put the lenses in my prescription in and you know what i don't know what's worse being given a glimpse of how 2020 vision is or being robbed of that and, and downgraded back to shite sight for two more weeks so i i really feel like i'm suddenly struggling like you know before i just thought i, I don't know this is this is standard but now i feel like i'm blind it's really strange it's affecting me psychologically um And I spoke with some students about it and they said that their site has gotten worse since lockdown. And I reckon mine has actually gotten worse because my computer screen time has definitely increased this year, as I'm sure uh, yours has uh, during the pandemic. But uh, interestingly, I don't know if you know this, but I've been informed that there are such things as eye workouts that you can do. Yeah, you can work out your eyeballs um, so now I stare off into the distance um, to, to try and do this workout. I often do it when Stacy's talking to me. And then when she complains that I'm not paying attention, I say, no, 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 I'm, I'm just doing my eyeball workout. Carry on, you know, carry on talking about that um, nutrition vlogger you like. Yeah, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm just not. Um, engaging in eye contact because I'm doing my eyeball workout. Yeah, I'm very excited about getting these new glasses and being able to see properly again. Oh, it's going to be great. So that was a big thing for me this week. And it sounds silly, but it does connect to the success of this show uh, and how you may ask. Fair, fair question. Fair question. I will answer that. Um, so the For the last eight or so years, I've just been um, getting by, really. I've just been getting by. Uh, Just focusing on finding work that I enjoy doing and finding a way just to pay rent, really. And because of that, I've neglected my health. I um, don't really see a doctor for a checkup. I haven't seen a dentist in ages and I've just always tried to scrimp and save whenever possible with adult-like things like healthcare and paying for a decent accountant or considering a pension. Or all of these things I've put to one side for a long time now, considering I'm 30. While I hope you are enjoying this episode, I would like to let you know that the doors have officially closed to the British English Podcast Academy. They shut on September 30th, 2021, meaning no one can sign up to the academy until the doors reopen, which won't be for a while. So for those who did join, well done for acting quickly. For those who didn't manage to enrol in time, then you need to up your game. Be quicker next time. Come on. For now, though, head over to the website and join the waiting list to be notified when the Academy reopens. To remind you, the Academy gives you access to the full length of every episode with manually edited transcripts and extended glossaries. And then you also get vocabulary review videos, additional audios, and pronunciation practice exercises, along with quizzes flashcards, writing assignments, and more in the season-based episodes, basically giving you a whole world of learning resources around every episode. And then once you have internalized the content, you get to practice it in the weekly speaking classes that are included in the Academy. And honestly, I'm amazed at how quickly members of the Academy are improving. I think back to their first calls and compared to now, they have come on so far and sound so, so natural in their delivery of incredibly colloquial language. So I'm really proud of what they have achieved and would love to to see you do the same the next time the doors open but yeah sadly the doors have closed for new sign-ups to the academy but head over to the website the britishenglishpodcast.com click on the academy tab and you can join the waiting list and you'll be the first to know when we reopen and when we do i recommend you sign up quickly before the doors close again all right find the link in the show notes but enjoy the rest of this episode Or considering a pension or all of these things I've put to one side for a long time now, considering I'm thirty and thankfully, I'm starting to see some success with the podcast that I'm doing and you're listening to right now and because I've dedicated a lot of time and energy into the academy that uh, supports the podcast basically um enough people are in there and are really enjoying it to the point where, I'm not so scared of how I'm going to pay my rent. And yeah, I'm now feeling like I can start to take care of myself a bit more. So thank you to everyone who has joined the Academy or the Premium Podcast as you have helped me uh, realize that I'm actually blind. Yes, that's, that's what you've done. <laughs> no, seriously, you are helping me grow up. And I'll hopefully have some exciting news to add to that in the near future. But uh, with this feeling of having more than just enough for a Happy Meal at McDonald's, I'm starting to want to give back to society. And I, I say that, but I should also, you know, um, say I, I'm not I'm not earning loads. I'm still earning like probably less than an average salary, but it's growing and it's more than I've ever earned. And yeah, it's going in the right direction if I keep my head down. Uh, anyway, so I remember a podcast I listened to um, a couple of years ago, and this guy was talking about a company that did research into like 200 of the top charities in the world and declared a clear winner, or at least the two to three main ones that give the best bang for your buck in terms of making a positive impact. And... This really struck a chord with me because I don't respond very empathetically to, um, to things that some people do. Like um, if I see somebody begging on, a, on the street, I don't feel too encouraged to give them money. It might be showing a cold hearted approach to life here. But I think that giving in that way is almost encouraging some to keep begging because you are rewarding them with that behaviour. And I've been approached by charities before on the street about, you know, saving a, a poor dog that's not got a home or raising money for the local youth centre. And I'd resist. I'd feel my hackles rising because I'd think, hang on, if I was to give money, if I was to have enough money to give money, surely I should be giving to the most needy, the most deserved Otherwise, it would be just poor judgment on my behalf as to where money is being distributed. So, yeah, this conversation I heard about um, finding the most efficient way to give back really struck a chord with me. And the other thing that encouraged me to run with this idea was after having a conversation with a Brazilian student living in London who went to a homeless shelter to serve food one evening. Um, And he was saying, you know, it's nice to give back. And I challenged him by saying, although that is very noble of you, don't you feel a little bit guilty that you're kind of doing this because it makes you feel good? And he very calmly explained to me that he's very comfortable with the idea of making himself feel good because it increases the likelihood of him going back there and serving them again. And saying that out loud makes me feel a bit basic, but for some reason, it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me because for the last four or five years, I've been trying to get the better of my ego. Um, I don't think I have ever been an egotistical maniac by any means. But after listening to a lot of a guy called Eckhart Tolle, who is a German-born spiritual teacher and self-help author, who's uh, best known as the author of The Power of Now. And another book that I think is is better or really spoke to me, you could say that, you could say a book really spoke to you. Um, it, it, it's message resonated with you. Uh, that book was a new earth awakening to your life's purpose. Um, so I've I've been trying to not act through the ego. Uh, so that means to try to avoid doing something because it fuels your self-importance or my self-importance, no matter the size or significance. Like um, a small one is from just being in a conversation uh, and, and you're listening to somebody tell you something, and then that, tr- what they say triggers a memory for you, and, and then, uh, you want to tell them that memory because you think it's interesting and it makes you sound impressive or cool. So instead of holding on to, um, that memory and waiting for your conversation partner to pause so you can jump in and, and say your interesting, cool story, um, the idea is is just letting go of that memory and, and continuing to be present for what they are telling you and remain in the now and be an active listener. Because as soon as I hold on to a memory, I'm not with them in their story. I'm I'm not truly thinking about what they are telling me. So, you, yeah, there's behaviors like that little one. Uh, that I'm trying to improve upon, but also bigger ones like giving back. I was under the impression that if you are giving back, um, because it makes you feel good, then you need to work on yourself and, and try to find a way to love yourself and others without needing that crutch of saying, I'm a good person because I do this and it makes me feel good. Um, but I guess I was blinded by this attempt of, uh, enlightenment, and was forgetting the external result of giving back, which was very foolish of me. So yeah, I've, I've come to conclude that in regards to helping society out, it really doesn't matter if you are doing it for your ego or not, just as long as you are actually helping others. And so I followed up with this charity that was recognized as one of the most effective ways to help save lives. And they found research proved that if you actually talk about being charitable, it not only helps you become accountable because, you know, people start to think of you as somebody who does that kind of behavior regularly and they might ask you about how it's going and, and things like that. Then um, then that way you feel compelled to continue to help people as it starts to attach to your identity, if, if other people assume that of you. But it also helps others consider giving back as well. The more we hear others are doing something, the more likely it is we consider to do it as well. And what's more is that when I get into uh, work mode at home, I am even more driven to make you know, each episode as good as possible, the learning resources as effective as possible, and to keep growing the business in general, because A, I'm helping you study English, hopefully in a way that keeps you motivated. And B, I'm able to contribute to these charities that are genuinely saving lives. So there are a lot of positive reasons for giving back and for talking about it on here. And one more that is tipping me over the edge into taking action is the idea of I used to have of giving back when I'm older and more financially secure, which turns out to be one of those those finish lines that keep on moving. A bit like fluency in a language. You know, the more you learn, the more you feel like there is actually even more to learn. And instead of assuming that that day of crossing the finish line will come, I think it's better to start accepting uh, where I am and appreciate how far... I've come and in regards to giving back, I can start today and and just give what I can. So I'm I'm going to be starting very, very small, just like 1% of the income from the Academy and Premium Podcast. And then we'll see how it goes from that point onwards. But the important thing for me is to start now and commit to it. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is those who are members of the Academy or the Premium Podcast, or if you purchase anything on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com, I'd like you to know that 1% of your purchase or monthly membership is going directly to a charity that helps the most needy in the world. And you are going to be helping a wonderful cause. And um, for that reason, I think we should take a little moment to explore the causes. Do you know what your level of English is? If not, then how can you tell if you're even improving? Considering you are no longer a beginner in this journey, you should be doing everything you can to show to yourself that your hard work is paying off. To do that, you need to know where you're at right now to be able to recognise the progress in the future. So... I have a quick and easy English level test for you to take right now for free to instantly find out what level of English you actually have. Head to the British English slash test me or find the link in the show notes of this episode. Just wanted to interrupt this episode to let you know about something rather exciting. That I am running over on the British I have created a seven-day challenge full of fun and unique activities that will get your blood pumping if you really enjoy getting actively involved in learning English. And to really incentivize you, I'm going to be turning this challenge into a competition amongst you all. So the people that put the most effort into this one week of activities every day will be getting some prizes. I'm not going to say any more right now but if you are interested then head over to the thebritishenglishpodcast.com, find the courses tab in the menu bar and you'll see the seven day challenge or find the link in the show notes of this episode. There are some terms and conditions that I explain in full on the webpage for this course, but the main thing to remember is it's going to be a live course, meaning it starts for everyone at a certain date. So head over there now to sign up and get ready for it to begin before you miss your chance to get really active with some fun and engaging ways to learn English for a whole week and then be in the chance of winning some fan-bloody-tastic prizes. For that reason, I think we should take a little moment to explore the causes. Because I, I know the world is full of contradictory data and opinions. Um, you know, my auntie has adopted a horse and she cares for it most days. She, she even shovels its shit and even grooms it down to give it a nice life. Because um, it was um, put through its paces as a, as a competitive racehorse. Um, and so she believes that she is doing a wonderful thing. And I agree. I really do agree. She's being uh, very nice to this horse. But here's my opinion on where I think money should go. And that is to humans who are in the most dire situations. But before I go on to explain about their situations, I'm not saying the detail because I want you to feel guilty or anything about your life. If it is better than theirs, I don't like that approach. And that is actually a big reason why I haven't given to charities for over 30 years now. I think it's rude to make people feel guilty for a life they have. It's it's far better to inspire and help people feel happy about helping others and making a difference in the world. All right, so there are two charities I have my eyes set on. One of them is for those in extreme poverty, particularly in countries in sub-Saharan Africa who can't afford uh, malaria medication or preventatives. And each year, 435,000 people who get infected with malaria die from the disease. And over 60% of these deaths are children under five years old making malaria one of the leading causes of child mortality in Africa. And when I told my partner this, she started to well up. But that's not my aim. My aim is to say how amazing it is that we can help prevent this. And according to the World Health Organization, insecticide-treated mosquito nets are currently the best option to prevent malaria transmission in large parts of Africa. So malaria, the disease is spread by mosquitoes at night while people are sleeping, generally speaking. And when long-life insecticide-treated nets are hung over beds and sleeping spaces, mosquitoes land, pick up insecticide on their feet, and then they die. This is a hugely effective intervention. The the centres. For disease control confirms that these nets have been associated with sharp decreases in malaria in countries where malaria programs have achieved high coverage of these nets so they are really working and these nets cost just two u.s dollars and they can sleep two adults and last for around three years So one of the ways I am going to be using 1% of whatever you purchase from the Podcast.com is to buy as many of these nets as possible each month. So let's say uh, you join the Academy annual membership. You have automatically just managed to save four people from being exposed at night because you have raised enough money to get two insecticide treated mosquito nets, which would significantly reduce the risk of yeah four people from getting malaria for around 3 years and you know it is no skin off your back you're getting the learning resources for the exact price that it it has been and will be and i'm i'm taking 1% of that profit and giving it to the charities to buy these nets and another charity that i think has a major impact on quality of life is Helen Keller International. This is a vitamin A supplementation program. Basically, loads of children are deficient in vitamin A. And this is the leading cause of preventable blindness in children, particularly in Africa and Southeast Asia. Uh, And yeah, so it's a result of diets low in vitamin A rich foods. So the solution is providing oral supplements with a high dose of vitamin A. And this can prevent child blindness. And uh, only costs one US dollar and 23 cents per supplement. So again, a super cost effective way to make a huge impact on lives. And I know a lot of people feel like charity begins at home, meaning people think they should focus on helping people near them first. But to be honest, I get much more motivation to work harder with the idea that I would personally be helping give somebody sight for the rest of their life or even save a person's life so the organization that has vetted these charities is called the life you can save and i'm going to be contributing every month thanks to anyone who supports the podcast i'd like to create a space uh, where those who want to contribute a little bit more can do so and we can all get together in a wonderful group giving page and and celebrate each month um to you know calculate how much we've helped but uh, we'll take it step by step and and just know that 1% of any membership uh, or course purchase will be going towards mosquito nets to prevent malaria or uh, vitamin A supplements to prevent blindness. And no, no, I won't be buying myself glasses with the pot of money for the, you know, blindness thing. I've bought my own, I've bought my own glasses fair and square, that pot i'm reserving now is to make a real difference in the world and as much as i struggle to be sincere i love the idea of doing what i can to help save a life by um, supporting a charity that makes sense to me and i thank every single one of you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the show to help it grow and yeah especially anyone who has signed up to the premium podcast or academy And that is where I'm going to leave this episode. So happy birthday to the British English podcast. Here's to a bright future of helping you stay motivated and engaged with your learning and to raise money for those who need it most. I'll be back next week with some more British culture and British English for you. And don't worry, I won't be turning this show into a constant reminder of how lucky we are for having enough vitamins in our diet or for having not got malaria yet. As I said, I want you to feel inspired and give you an extra spring in your step for helping those who really need it and uh, to help you feel like you're making a positive impact on this world. Lots of love. I've been your host, Charlie Baxter. See you again soon on the British English Podcast.